0: Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. So we're in a series called The Comparison Trap. Sam kicked us off last week talking about the Ur's. We want to be bigger and better and richer and faster and all those things. And us as humankind... we like to compare ourselves, right? We like a beacon of how far we've progressed or how far we've gone or how far we've gone backwards so that we can fix it. And so this week, I um, get the opportunity to talk about identity, which is great, the biggest topic of the one, and he's not here. So if I stuff it up, we can just delete the podcast. Um <clears throat> No, I, um, I worked at Telstra for a long time, and my last um, job here was at North Sydney. Who's ever been to Greenwood Plaza? Who knows the m- big escalator down into Greenwood Plaza, and it's got a mirror the whole length of the trip. And so I used to love getting on to see everyone get on this mirror and immediately turn to it and fix something or do something. Who is that person? Yep, got some basil in your teeth or something like that. Um <laughs> very specific. Um, And um, I used to think that the girls getting on the escalator would do a time trial as to how fast they could do their makeup from bottom to top. Running late for work and so they're out, powder kits on, they're good to go and time trial done, off we go, looking great. And so I love that about humans. We're always looking for something, right? Something to reflect, something to give us um, a view of where we're at or what we're doing. See, at the core of this, we want a beacon of movement, right? Direction, something that we can identify with. And our problem may not be in the reflection, um, but what are we using to show the reflection? So this morning we're going to talk about things. Um, I'm not going to give you the typical identity message of run through everything that God says about you in the Bible. I encourage you to go and Google that because they're wonderful things. But this morning... um, we're going to look at this big idea. We all look to something or someone to find out who we are and whether we are enough. So the question is, what or who is your mirror? And how is it shaping your life and contribution to the world? How can we find out the truth of who we are and accomplish the things we were created for? Um, I'm going to go through a little bit of an illustration before I get back into the scripture, which is, Totally not um, normal, Um, but just bear with me for a bit. So every day we attach to something, right? Without knowing, we try to engage our identity. See, um, as I was praying earlier this morning, I got this. I feel like God is saying, we think as humans that our identity is built. It's not. It's got nothing to do with building. And so what do we do as humans? We think it's built. So what do we do? Got some props this morning. We do this. We might get our glasses. And see, each day that we wake up, we adopt a view of the world, right? We adopt a view of the people around us, our jobs, our circumstances. We build a lens in which we see everything. And we think that our identity comes from our lens in which we see everything. Next thing we might do is get our jacket. See, we need to look a certain way, and I'm not just talking about fashion, but what's the latest certificate that you got, the latest degree that you got? We wear this with honor. we think thinking that our identity comes from the things that we can do or achieve or the notches. Sam talked about the ladder last week, how far up that ladder we can get. And then we build our identity based on that. You see, we're told we're too big, we're too small, we're too poor, we're too rich, we're too educated, we're not educated enough. Too caring, not caring enough. You see, we shape the way we look. But we shape our world around us based on the expectations of others, right? This coat represents everything that someone said to us. Everything that we've strived to try and make them think more of us or make them love us more or make them care about us more. Maybe it's internal. Maybe it's our own expectation. If I could just do that, maybe they'll like me. The next thing we tend to do is... um, These keys are for a car. But the analogy is that we we all have drivers within us, right? Why do we want these things? Why do we try and put this jacket on? You see, we feel the need to say we're busy maybe because apparently means we're important. What's the driver inside of you? What's the thing that makes you tick? And then the next thing is, um, I'm a size 13, so I've naturally got a big tread on this world. But um, what we try and do is we we try and do things or not do things to make a mark or not leave a mark. What I mean by that is we do things thinking that they may have a bigger tread, which means... In our arrogance, we can say, well, look at all these things that we've done. Look at my identity because I did all these wonderful things. Well, the opposite is is that we retreat because we don't think we've got anything to offer. And so we use this flat-soled shoe to try and make as little mark as possible. We shrink back into ourselves thinking that if people don't see me, that's my identity. Without even knowing it, we try and build our identity in each decision, each moment, each breath. So what does that mean for us in our relationship with God? What if none of these things impacted our identity? Uh, who's seen The Lion King? You have to talk about The Lion King when talking about identity. Who knows that awesome... Oh, who's seen it in a stage show, actually? Isn't that amazing? Yes. I did write, I've seriously got in my notes, dance and sing. I'm not doing that. But I was more confident yesterday when writing this. Um, So you don't get that this morning. Maybe tonight. Come on, no. No, I'm not doing that. Remember when Simba um, checks out, he runs away. And he's going through the jungle and he comes across this awesome character called Rafiki. Yeah? You see, um, Rafiki says... um, I know your father. And he goes, my father's dead. And so he says, come with me. And so he runs through the jungle, leads him to this little, um, this little thing. Pond. Swamp. Water. <laughs> um, and Rafiki says, he points in there and he says, look. And this is, this is what the script says. At first look, Simba, um, Simba looks and at first glance, he says, that's not my father. That's just my reflection. And Rafiki, no. Look harder. I love his voice. I'm not doing it. Um, I tried. You see, he lives in you, he says. And then out of the clouds, Mufasa says, Simba. <laughs> Father? I was doing this the other day, and I sounded like Elmo. <laughs> Father? Elmo's wild. Um, idiot. Um, Simba, you have forgotten me. And Simba says, no, how could I? Mufasa says, you have forgotten who you are and so forgotten me. Look inside yourself, Simba. You are more than what you have become. How can I go back? I'm not who I used to be, Simba says. Mufasa says, remember who you are. You are my son and the one true king. Remember who you are. I want to ask this morning, have you forgotten who you are? You see, life takes us on these twists and turns, and we end up in a place surprised by the decisions that we're making, disgusted in the way we are acting, or even afraid to look in the mirror. Compromises, sacrifices, and decisions happen on a daily basis. And we as humans want a quick fix, and the easiest fix is to attach, right? Like Simba, maybe it's different for you, but like Simba, I do this with God. I approach. Let's pretend God's this mirror, right? If we're using the analogy of Lion King, and I approach this mirror and I put my glasses on, I see. See God. See the lens in which I see people? Aren't I great? I love people. Aren't I the best? And I try and build my identity through my lens. God, don't you see my certificate as a pastor? haven't got it yet. Uh, (laughs) So he says no. (laughs) But I, I stand in front of God and I say, God, don't you see what I've done? Don't you see all my achievements, all the things I've accomplished? What people think about me? God, don't you see what drives me? I moved to Sydney for this. This is just me talking, but maybe for you it's, I built this great company or I'm in this great job. Don't you see, God? I'm doing all these wonderful things for you. I'm tithing. (laughs) I know the best. And so we see all these drivers and we build our identity in front of God thinking that that's going to impress him, right? And then, with our shoes, we go over and talk about all the wonderful things that we've done in our life. The mark that we've left on this world because we chose to step out, right? And we think that building our identity in front of God is going to get us any closer. See, we think as humans, the more we bring, the better we are. And I want to say this morning that The more that we put on in front of God, the more we obstruct our view of him and of us. The more we put on in front of God, the more that we obstruct his view of us, our view of us, and our view of him. Can I just say this? Don't take this the wrong way. But God is not impressed by you. He just simply loves you. God is not impressed by you. He just simply loves you. And so in this moment, I want to encourage us that you are more than what you've become. And that's what God's saying in this moment in the mirror. You are more than what you've become. So I'm going to read our scripture again, and then I'll get you some points. Yay, Bible. Ephesians 2, 1-10, just so it's sunken in. It wasn't so long ago that you were marred by in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled dis- disobedience. We all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own, with no help from us. Then he picked us up and sat us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now God has us where he wants us, with all the time in this world and the next, to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. Um, I have two points for you this morning. Um, It's very deep, very deep. Um, The two points are this, call and response. Who played Marco Polo in the pool? Yeah, a call always. See, the rules of Marco Polo is that if someone yells Marco, you have to say Polo. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. my brother's name was Paul. We play Paul. Um, uh, Polo. I've been lied to my whole... I wrote Polo. My, bro- my eldest brother's name is Mark, and my second brother's name is Paul. I thought it was Mark... Mind blown. (laughs) Moving right along. Um, What does this have to do with identity? Like I said at the start, I encourage you to Google, who am I in Christ? And you'll get a list of everything God says about you. But this morning is not about what God says about you. You see, our identity is not about understanding what God says about us. It's part of it, but this morning that's what we're talking about. Our identity is all about what God has done for us. Wow. Say that again. Our identity is not about understanding what God says about us. Our identity is all about what God has done for us. My first point is call grace. It says here Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and sat us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now God has us where he wants us, with all the time in this world and the next, to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. This is very encouraging and I, it took me a long time to actually kind of determine what kind of message I wanted to get from this because it doesn't actually talk anything about identity, right? But yet it talks about identity in everything it says, the Bible. Um, see, the call of grace is this. This is our first point, call. Despite what you think, the way you act and, the way, and what you say, God is saying this. Let me embrace you. Let me move you. Let me shower you. Let me embrace you. Let me move you. Let me shower you. You see, when we stand in front of God and we think that all those things are going to bring us closer to him, God's saying, have you forgotten who you are? These are things. They're not who you are. And so I want to say this morning, if... You've got all these wonderful things. That's great. I'm not discounting how hard you've worked and all the things that you've achieved, but I'm just saying that that has no bearing on what God thinks about you. That has no bearing on what, how God feels about you. That has no bearing on why God did what he did for you. They're just things. Well done, but it's not your identity. See, some of us get this so confused. We think in this moment... God wants us to take all this off, right? God wants us to strip us of our achievements and the things that we've built and our bank balance and all those wonderful things. God's saying they're wonderful things, but that's okay. Our next point is this, is that it's, all, it's not about correction. It's all about connection. God doesn't, isn't in this moment trying to correct you of all the things that you've said or done wrong. He just wants to connect with you. It's not about correction. It's all about connection. See, God is calling us in every moment. He just wants to be in relationship with you. He just wants you to stand in the mirror without needing anything to justify it. He has already justified it on your behalf. When you declared him as your Lord and Savior, he embraced you moved you, and now just wants to shower you with grace and kindness and love. Have you forgotten that? Have you forgotten that God just wants to be in relationship? We try so hard to do so many things for God, and yet all he wants from us is just to be in relationship. Embrace. He wants to embrace your past and your future. He wants to move or shift your outlook. And he just wants to bring you in his presence to love you. He wants to embrace you. He wants to move you. And he wants to shower you. That's what this verse is saying. That's, that's everything that he's doing. It's like the 99... Our job is just the 1%. He's doing 99% of the work. Our job is just 1%. What is that 1%? Next response, our next thing is response or trust. It says this, saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. Um, Simba cries out in protest to Mufasa. He cries out, how can I? See, he says, Mufasa's saying, you've got to go back. You're the true king. You've got to go back. Mufasa, pushing against who he really is, says, how can I? Haven't you seen what I've done, who I've become, who I abandoned? I feel like some of us in this room have been in protest with God for a long time about who you are. You've been in protest about trusting God for far too long. God's still there saying, have you forgotten who you are? I just want to embrace you, move you, and shower you with my love. All you have to do is trust me. Some of us are in protest. We can't get past what's happened to you, the things that are burning you over and over. Is that you this morning? Are you still in protest? Um, a few years ago, I uh, received some horrible news. News that really, really shook me to my core, actually. I remember um, one night getting into the bath and I just wanted to protest. I remember just sitting there crying and I, I stated my case. I swore it God a lot. He's okay with that. I stated all the reasons that this particular thing was unfair. All the reasons it shouldn't have to happen to me. You know what I was doing in that moment? I was doing this. I was laying there or standing in front of God saying, this isn't fair, God. I haven't missed a Sunday all year. This shouldn't happen to me. And I was standing there in protest, just giving God all the reasons that this shouldn't happen to me. Why this is unfair. Why it shouldn't be the way it is. You know the worst part about those moments? Maybe you can... Um, relate to this is that in that moment, nothing changed. I felt better. I got cold real quick because I realized I was in there far too long. And I felt great to get it all off my chest and tell God, why, why, why? But nothing changed in that moment. And so it would have been very easy to give up in that moment. I want to say, if you've had this moment if you've had this protest moment with God and nothing changed in that moment and you've given up and just retreated, can I encourage you this morning that it's not over? Trust is not an event, it's a process. Trust is not an event, it's a process. The good thing about this, though, is that over time, everything changed. Yeah, it's still I still remember that moment and... That particular issue still burns me to this day, but the more I protested to God, the more I wanted to tell Him how unfair it was, interestingly, is the closer I grew to Him. Remember, God, it's not with God, it's not about correction. It's all about connection. It doesn't actually matter in this moment. God just wants to be in relationship with us. Who knows when you've got a spouse or a boyfriend or a brother or a sister or a mum or a dad... That the relationship isn't always smooth, right? It doesn't change your relationship though. You're still brother or sister or mother or father. You are still son or daughter of God. doesn't matter how much you protest, how much you hate on God in this moment. It doesn't change who you are. Your identity doesn't come out of the events that happen to you in your life or the circumstances that happen to you. Your identity comes out of what God has done for you. See, the more I went to him to give him a piece of my mind, the more he embraced me. The more he moved my outlook and showered me with love and kindness. See, the thing with call and response, like I keep saying, it's not an event. God, some of you th- may think that God stopped calling you. Can I say that that's not true? In every moment, in every day, in everything that happens, that's God calling you. Just let me embrace you. Just let me move you. Let me shower you with my love and my kindness. It's our choice whether we stop trusting or not. Every day is a choice to trust him a little more. I love this part in the scripture. Now God has us where he wants us. With all the time in the world. I love that. He has us where he wants us with all the time in the world. You know, when I was praying through this particular bit of passage, I I felt like God was saying this, and this is for you this morning. You are exactly where God wants you, but not where he will leave you. You're exactly where God wants you, but not where he will leave you. Remember, God wants to embrace us, move us, and shower us. Embrace us, move us, and shower us. So in every moment of your life, you're exactly where God wants you, but not where he's going to leave you. Right now, as you sit there, God is calling out to you. In every moment of the day, God is calling out, Marco, (laughs) your response is, Polo, apparently. (laughs) That's where I've gotten it wrong. I lose that game far too often. (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) He wants to embrace you, move you, and shower you with love and kindness. My question to you as we wrap up, Is today the day that you trust him just a little bit more? I don't know what's going on in your life, but I get heartache. I get it. Is today the day that you trust him just a little bit more? I'm not saying you have to be all in, but what would that look like for you in your life in this moment? Just to go, God, you know what? I know you know what's going on in my life. I choose to trust you just that little bit more. Let's pray. God, we just um, we just thank you for this scripture. As it details who you are, God. Lord, that our identity is not wrapped up in anything that we do, God. Everything that you've done, though, God. And so in this moment, we as a church... God, we choose in this moment to trust you just a little bit more. Lord, that you would embrace us. Lord, that you would move us or shift our outlook in this moment. Shift the circumstances in our life, God. Lord, that you would move us closer to you. So that, Lord, we know that all you want to do is just shower us with your kindness, your grace, your mercy, and your love. And so, God, in this moment, we um, pray that you would, we would feel you just that little bit closer, that we would know that you're with us just that little bit more. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen.